Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. football specifically um and and we watched it together yeah that was cool hell yeah we did it was cool from hanging out in the suite yeah keeping up with the uh, kudashians as whoever said it on twitter i feel very special Um, yeah yeah me yeah uh, me too but uh you know it's old (laughs) news for me now that was my it second is, it is. You're, you're just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boring. Yeah. Boring. No. No, it's yeah, cool. But- like, I don't know, for, for people who haven't had the experience of, of being up in a suite, it's, it's, it's really neat. Like, the suites at WSU are, you know, they're nice and they're not, <laughs> I guess most they're not that are probably far nice, from, but they're not yeah, that you're far not from super. Action, really. Yep. And the windows open. So you kind of, you get the whole thing, even if you're not, you know, amongst the crowd. Um, you know, the seats are extra super comfy. So that's cool. You know, the seats that are in there. Um, yeah. You know, food. There's food. No line for the, no line for the, no line for your, and no line for your booze. So yeah. (laughs) It's like right outside the door. You can legitimately just open up a tab and, Go out yep. and get your booze in about three Although, seconds. So, and then if you know the first game, you opened up a tab and then almost forgot to go get your card. Uh, the the bartender just comes and finds you the next game <laughs> and makes sure that you close yeah, your card. Yeah, I noticed that she came in. I'm like, who is that? And then I realized I realized what she was doing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, well, you know, may have been a uh, may have been having a little fun. For the Idaho yeah. game and just walked yeah. out because I've never left a tab at a WSU football game before. So that was, <laughs> so that was a new experience. And, and, uh, yeah. you know, now, now she knows where to find me, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yes. But, but yeah, this is, uh, podcast versus everyone episode 174, uh, three and oh edition. I'm Craig Powers with me as always is Jeff Newser. And Jeff, you know what the crazy thing is? is uh obviously this is not Deckard's first season coaching but his first full season and he's only yeah. the second coach in WSU history um uh the other being the other being a pretty famous guy named Mike Price who actually start 3 and 0 and what makes it more impressive is that it wasn't an easy 3 and 0 there was a road game in the Big 10 in there 
So I so it's 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 in a pretty pre- pretty impressive start. Obviously, we assume they'd be two and one at this point, but to be three and zero is really cool. Obviously, not cool enough for uh, AP and coaches poll <laughs> voters, but um, at <sighs> least most of them, you know, at least not a good enough share of them. Um, but hey, it's cool to us, and and they're they're a top twenty five team in my heart. I know that that as much. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm I I'm really annoyed i guess like is the right word i'm not like mad but there are definitely like ancillary benefits to being ranked right like it's not just that um you know you get that number next to your name and it's you know whatever i mean i I think there are benefits you know with recruiting being able to say you know uh we are we are a ranked team I, i think there are benefits for fan excitement i think that's like a legitimate thing yeah. Um, you know, we got Oregon coming this weekend and Oregon's ranked 15th, I think, you know, so if you're talking number 15 versus number 23, that's like, wow, uh, well, the casual the, the fan game, gets excited about that sort of thing. The the game day, uh, matchup was, I think it was 12 versus 25 or 24. WC was either 25 or 24, um, yep. in, in that game. So, and then game day came. So, you know, yep. um, you know, who knows if they pull the trigger if WC hasn't snuck into the, to the top 25 at that point. So, um, and, and obviously game day has been, um, was pretty cool. I don't know how much it benefited the program and it benefited uh, us as fans. So, um, yeah, that was like pretty it was great. just super fun, right? Like it's fun to be ranked and I'm, and, and I am, and here also def- I am here for fun. So, and also in the grand history of WSU, they have not been ranked that often. Like if no. you look at the to- total number of weeks, like, uh, that, that's, you know, the, that 2018 season when they were ranked for many weeks in a row, uh, that's a pretty rare thing. You know, that 2003 to 2002, uh, 2001 when they were ranked yeah. over and over again. Cause even, you know, 2017, they were ranked for much of the first half of the season, then fell out and never got back in. And, and so, uh, it, it's, it, it's kind of a special thing to, to be ranked at WC. It doesn't happen. I mean, it is. Yeah, you can say it, it, it is stupid. Like the, the, uh, you know, guys like John Wilner vote on resume, which can also kind of have its issues sometimes, but, uh, cause, but it, especially if you're not taking like margin of victory in, in, into account and things like that, if you're just going by wins and who they've played, then, uh, right. then you can get kind of wonky on your resume. Uh, but still, I, I, if you, if you sat down and looked at like who's been, who's like, Played the best three games and, and ranked the teams. It's kind of hard to think that WSU hasn't been the ha, played the, a combination of the three best games. And especially as you mentioned, like every team, almost every team has a has a clunker in there somewhere. Yep, it's it's really unusual for a team to have the kind of win that we had at Wisconsin and not be ranked. In the sense that usually voters are falling all over themselves on that. I, I do think that okay, so as I'm trying to kind of figure out why why they're not ranked. Wisconsin I think who who went and beat New Mexico State, which who isn't very good immediately, but no. immediately, but beat them sixty six to three because they were so pissed. Right. Because they us. were mad. Yeah. It's I, I, I like as I'm trying to parse it, I think it's two things. One is I think that Program cachet has so much to do with it. Case in point, Washington, right? Washington is three and zero. Also, 
Washington also began the season unranked. Washington also has beaten a Big Ten team, except the Big Ten team they beat was at home. They they won at their place, and they were a three-point favorite, despite the fact that Michigan State was ranked 11th, right? Like everyone yeah. knew Michigan State wasn't quite that good. But everyone... I say everyone. I mean, I use these, you know, very grand general terms, you know, pretty uh, loosely. But it's like, you know, writers seem to really want the teams that they think should be good to actually be good, right? So when Washington is good, it's like, oh well, look, they they obviously are very good. Look at all these good recruiting classes they had, and yeah, Jimmy Lake just screwed everything up last year, and Washington's back, baby. And then they throw them, and they rank. 18th, eight fucking teeth, right? <laughs> For a resume that is weaker than ours. You know, Idaho yeah. is better than Portland State. Uh, I don't I don't think Colorado State is probably better than Kent State, but I probably don't think not. it's much of a stretch to say Wisconsin is probably better than Michigan State. And well, and I and honestly, I think so like some of the co- <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> you know. we all we all did not enjoy the second half of this, this Colorado State game. I think part of the frustration people are having, and I actually heard people say this, and it is that well now we're not going to get ranked because it wasn't that big of a blowout, you know. Uh, Thirty-one like if, points. If it was, like, yeah, but like, I don't know. I mean, but but you know, you drop, but that, but it, whether it's true or not, fifty-five to seven looks better. Fit, you know, fifty-nine, sixty, whatever. Like it just looks more dominant. Yeah, or, I guess that's true. What have you? Um, and you know, Colorado state's probably going to, you know, get their asses kicked a lot this year and, uh, and uh, people assume they're bad or whatever. Uh, but it's, um, no, that's, I think that was part of the frustration. Like that they're just looking to see what can get us ranked kind of outside hope that game day would come again for like run it back for WSU Oregon. Both teams were ranked, but I don't think they ever that was ever in the cards. No, I don't, I don't think it was. If they got, if they got a chance to go to the SEC, uh, you know, oh, SEC rivalry game. Um, yeah. Which, which, come on, like, why, why can't these? I, we've talked about this before, and like naming the games and all this stuff. Like, why, why can't these our our West Coast schools be better at like pumping up their rivalries? Because like Oregon oh, and WSU, Oregon and WSU have played a billion fucking times, and the series is almost even. Like it, it yeah. It's 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 been a really good like regional rivalry. Like there yeah, is definitely why don't some we have hatred. a cool ass name for that one. There's definitely some hatred too. Like like yeah. and it's not just from us to them. Like like they yeah. they got really fucking annoyed when we beat them four times in a row and like they had their like yes, stud quarterback and he couldn't do anything. <laughs> and like uh yeah, it's and even you know WSU lately has been even Oregon's been really good and they've been really bad gives them like tougher games. Like it's been a a pretty good rivalry. Um, but we just never play it up. Like we never even talk about it as a rivalry. UW and Oregon is, is probably they they've marketed the hell out of those that thing, even though UW beat Oregon like 115 times in a row. Like yeah. they still were like, oh, this is so much hatred, and, and it's like, and, and and but the two teams have rarely been good at the same time. You know, like it's so funny. Like like WSU and Oregon were kind of on the same on the same level for up until yep. the mid like until like 2000 five probably like they had basically done the same thing like ever yeah and and right. you know uh and then oregon kind of took off they went to the cfp a couple national championship a couple times all that stuff so you know that historically they've definitely surpassed us at this point but 
But still, like at the current state, like the last ten years, you know, you know that they they're, they've been pretty pretty tight, and and we've just haven't hyped up this rivalry. And maybe if we did, the ESPN would be like, oh, we gotta go to that because that's they went to they went to a, a game day at or uh, UW once because. They're like, oh, this is a huge rivalry. It's like a big West Coast rivalry because like UW was like barely ranked and all that stuff, you know. Um, yep. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's hype it up, you know. Fuck the, fuck the Ducks, <laughs> fuck the Peavers. Like, yeah. get, get them we, out of we here. Need some get, cool, you know. We talked about this on other podcasts. We just need some cool ass names and a cool ass trophy. Like, I think that's what we're missing for sure. Yeah, let's like, let's do it. We, we we need to think of something. We need we need market the we need shit to do out it. of this thing. We need we need to just do it like the supporter shield in in soccer and in the Cascadia yes. Cup. Like it's just just yes. make it a make it a fan thing. Like we're just gonna say this is a fan trophy, and I'm sure that's how most of them started anyway. So or it's like a coach starts it or something. Well, maybe we don't call into Jake and and say, hey, make up a name for this rivalry, and, and we'll figure. Like there's there's got to be some good names. Like we gotta get. You get Lewis and Clark in there and some shit, or that might be problematic yeah. at this point. I don't know, but like, um, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. There's, there's got to be some through line that we can that we can come up with. I don't know, but yeah, that was, uh, it, you know, back to your point about, you know, should we have beaten by more? Yeah, we should have. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's where, I'm especially kinda... after the when, when the first like twenty minutes, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, I told you, I was, was like, like the- I got a feeling this is good. This is it, man. This is where it clicks. This is where the offense come together. This is it. And then at the end of the first quarter, I looked at you and I was like, yeah, this is it. It's happening. And then it happened a little more. And then it really didn't happen for, for the rest. Yeah, of it, the was, it was just like, like, this is easy. Like they're just yeah. at like that. The first touchdown to Ollie. Oh man, you were like, okay, we're fine today. Like we're fine. Yep. Like no let down. Right? We were worried about the letdown. Yeah, yeah. Defense started out hair on fire. Uh, I think um, I think it got a sack on the first drive. They got a stop. Get the ball back. Score in a, not a, just a few plays. It wasn't a long drive. So you're like, okay, no let. Yeah, exactly. No hangover. Uh, you know, they're not looking past them. Uh, to Oregon, they aren't still, you know, celebrating Wisconsin. So that was a, you know, that's a plus on the coaches, coaching staff right there. Um, yep. and the players got to give credit to the players too, because you, you still have to, even if someone tells you to do something all the time, you have to put it into practice. But yeah, they, they, they wanted, they wanted to beat the hell out of Colorado State and they did. Uh, and then maybe, maybe they, uh, took their foot off the gas a bit in the second half. Who knows? Um, I don't think Colorado State suddenly got a lot better. Um, but you, I, I, I mentioned this to you during the game. Like, this is kind of how these games always go when WSU yeah. like kills someone. Cause rarely is like, de- re- most teams don't have the, the depth or talent of like the Alabamas of the world or even like Utah right now. Where if they want to keep just obliterating the team, they can do it if they want, and and because but like WSU probably doesn't have the, the the total roster to do that, um, and they haven't quite exactly found themselves on offense as good as that um, 
that for that opening stretch was like obviously there's not everything has been perfect and, and you know and that, it's never going to be perfect but there's still things you see like that could be improved and um yeah. and, and they're still trying to figure it out but it was positive to see that they just came out and lit someone up for a bit like that was that was so fun like yeah. it was just crazy just so quick so quick like to to jump on top and and just not be really worried about the game like we were frustrated in the second half but that's a lot better than being worried that you're going to lose cuz Colorado yeah. State never 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 threatened they they got that gar- that touchdown there was definitely like some kind of bad defensive plays that helped them get there and um yeah, at least at least they have you know the defensive staff has something to to harp on and and coach up you know so it was they never threatened though. You never ever felt like they were going to come back in that game. And that was nice. Um, even though, you know, the offense, you know, got a field goal on the first drive of the second half and then just did nothing for almost the rest of the game. Yeah. They, what they did was, I guess, like at the risk of just like oversimplifying it, like what, what they did was the sort of thing that a, top 20 ish team often does like, like if you're, if you're a top 10 team, then you just, you know, keep your foot on the gas and you just continue to annihilate people. But when you're, you know, a top 20 ish team and you get off to a hot start and then maybe the other team, even if they're bad, kind of makes a few adjustments. And then, you know, maybe you kind of stumble a little bit, you stall out a little bit. Like it's actually not a, an abnormal thing. Right. And it's funny how, how different it feels, how the sequencing, like we talk about sequencing all the time, right? And it's like, it's right. the see how different things feel because it was the first half that was awesome. And the second half that was a dud versus the other, right? So like if, what if the game starts with us with a, I don't know, a 10, seven lead in at halftime. And then we end up winning 38 to seven in the end, right? Like we rip off four touchdowns in the second half to pull away, make it look easy you know, does everybody just kind of go, oh, yeah, they fi- they figured it out. We're good. You know, we're rolling into Oregon. Like, I, I think probably that's how it goes, right? And But because yep. it was the first half, then it feels like, well, what happened in the second half? Why couldn't you keep doing it? And, you know, I think, I think most people are smart enough to know that, you know, things aren't necessarily linear like that. But it also feels like to go from so good to so bad is sort of disconcerting, right? And I, by the way, I don't blame people who feel that way. To go from marching up and down the field and having explosives all over the place to being completely and totally unable to move the ball, like that, that is a little bit of whiplash. It's one thing if like you're like, well, you know, they just kind of were a little less effective in the second half. Like, like that's the kind of whiplash that causes you to like, well, wait a second, was the, was the first half even as good as we thought? <laughs> like, did, was it maybe not as good as we thought because the second half is so, so, so bad? Um, I'm going to go ahead and lean on the first half and just, you know, choose to think like, okay, like we are, first of all, we are still young. Uh, there is still a bit of a letdown element. And look, like even if they didn't let down out of the gate, I think I could make the case that they let down a bit in the second half. Like the offensive line wasn't as effective, um, which was sort of like when you see something like that, you kind of go, eh, <laughs> like maybe, maybe that really is kind of an intensity thing because that's not a thing that should be 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe the other team was bringing really creative stunts and blitzes or whatever, and then all of a sudden they just got flummoxed. But I don't think that's what was happening. I think they just sort of like got a little less intense. And um, I was really encouraged by that final drive in that regard because it was sort yeah, of like, just, yeah. It, yeah, like they just went, you know what? We're just going to maul them for a bit. And they did and got that last touchdown. And um, so, I, I like I said, I, I tend to think the second half was, uh, you know, a bit more of a focus issue. Uh, you know, Cam Ward, that, that interception he threw was, you know, horrendous, right? Like, does he do that yeah. if it's the first half? And it's close, or is that a thing that he's doing because he's a little, little frustrated? We're not moving the ball, and we've got a big lead. So hey, I'm gonna try this, you know, ridiculous throw that nobody is supposed to ever make, right? So I, I think the first half is more encouraging than the second half is discouraging. Um, you know, Oregon is, you know, I, I, their defense is good, but I don't think it's great. Um, their offense is inconsistent now they played really well against BYU so and BYU's defense is tough so maybe there's something there but that was also at home uh you know maybe it'll be a little different coming and and I imagine that Martin will be completely packed this weekend um I yeah I think it's nearly I think it's nearly it's nearly sold out uh already and I'm sure it probably will sell out um yeah it I mean, if you want to look for concerning things, four sacks is too many against that defense. They, that's just not not good. Yeah. Like they do have um, some legit edges. I mean, we talked about. I that. I know, but they have a couple of legit defensive ends, and the one guy got uh, Fafita a couple of times, pretty bad. But yeah, I don't and that's know. you know, um, Oregon's going to have good defensive ends too. So yes, I mean, but despite think that uh, you know. They de- like Wisconsin definitely got pressure. They have a really good defensive front. Um, so I guess you could just kind of withstand it. Uh, one thing that's going to be kind of weird, uh, like, you know, Cam hasn't done much with his legs uh, in terms of, like, picking up, like, exploiting, you know, over over rushing and stuff. Maybe teams are kind of worried about that. He did have a big run against Idaho. Maybe they're trying to avoid that from happening. I will say really encouraging thing in the running game is that Nakia Watson looks – legit oh, so yeah. far yeah. um and and he had a nice catch out of the backfield too um which yep. obviously we know is huge in the air raid um yeah because he you know he was he was a totally yardage leader even though he only touched the ball i think nine times um yeah. so yeah he, he had nine yards of carry busted some big runs had a, had a 25 i think it was a, i think he just had the one catch for 25 yards um so yeah that's uh you, you like to see that and because that was the running back, huge concern coming into the year. Nakia seems to have really solidified himself as the number one there. Yeah. He, he has, he has really, uh, he's, he, he sheds tacklers better. He's qu- like, he's quicker in his cuts. He makes more decisive movements. Like he's just better all around and, and it's really showing it. And, and he's a guy that they can, they can use. And then even, you know, they, they actually made it. Jacob's, wasn't super impressive in this game, um, especially when you put it up against. You were looking at that, that last drive, and him and Katzer were kind of trading runs, and yeah. Jenkins was struggling, and then and then Katzer, and it really just it he Jenkins seems to dance a bit much sometimes when and and yep. we we know in the kind of the air raid ready attack that's not always the best strategy because. It, it all that all they have to do is 
you know, you're likely going to have people waiting at like the five yard because they're waiting for that mesh route. So like if you dance too much, you're not going to get by them. And, and right. so, I, so Jacobs, he, he's so quick. He just, if you can just hit the hole, like he's get, he's going to get five, six, seven, eight yards, like easy every time. Um, Katzer yeah. was very, you know, that was really cool. Like, uh, yeah, to was. see him have that drive, tons of big runs, gets the touchdown. Um, Theo Lawson wrote a story about him. Um, he, he's kind of a, he's an older freshman. Um, his mom died two years ago in a tragic, uh, ATV accident. And, and he, uh, 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 so he, he took a couple years off. I think he was going to go to like a Juco, but then he just never made it there. And so now he's here at WSU, you know, as like an older freshman. Um, but to see him get to have that moment and now he's, he's, he's the or for the second uh, position on the running back depth chart this week. So, you know, it's, it's Watson and then it's Jenkins or Katzer. So obviously he impressed, he's impressed the coaches and, you know, like he definitely, if, if, if you want to look at who were the best two running backs in that game, he was, he was right up there with Nakia. And so that's, yeah. you know, good for him. That was, that was a great moment. Yeah. I'm still, so that was another game like the Idaho game where it felt like if we wanted to, we could have run for like, like another like 150 yards if oh, we yeah. wanted to. And so I'm still, I'm still a little bit of the opinion that they are, that they're really trying to kind of balance out being successful now with getting the passing game going because I right. think they know that if they're going to have the kind of success they want to have, that, that the passing game has to be explosive and it has to be dynamic and it has to be clicking. And so because of that, I think that they need to, I think they are still trying to like <laughs> work some stuff out. And so in a game where you're up, you know, 31 to nothing, right. Uh, where maybe if you were like, I don't know, let's say, let's say for argument's sake, we were up 31 to nothing on Oregon, right? Well, like you're not dorking around trying to throw the ball. You're just like, okay, well, let's just hammer them, right? And let's just yeah. run the ball and let's keep the clock moving. And, you know, let's, let's do that. Um, but against Colorado state, I think it was pretty clear that Colorado state was going to have a very difficult time <laughs> scoring any points. Um, I think the only points they scored came on, I think they came after Cam's interception, right? So yep. I think that's right. So they had a short field. I think and you're right. It, yeah. And it was a little too easy, whatever. But it's like, it was clear they were never going to score, you know, 30 points. So you just kind of went, okay, well, let's, let's keep throwing. Let's try to work out the kinks in it. Yeah. It was, it was a bit ugly. I, I do think there's a balancing act there with that, but they, again, in the fourth quarter, they just went fine. You know, <laughs> let's, you know, I think they were looking to, you know, assert their will on that last drive for a couple of different reasons and, and it worked out. So, um, I, you know, I, I still think there's a game coming where we just like, like run the ball like 35 times. Like, I think, I think there is a game like that coming. I don't know when, I don't know against whom, I don't know if it's against Oregon or what, but I, I think there is a game coming where we just run the ball like crazy. And, you know, the offense or the passing game becomes a little more opportunistic. Um, you know, cause, cause I think now we hit the real part of the season, right? I mean, beating, beating Wisconsin was amazing for so many reasons, like we've talked about, but also I think the goal is always, you know, win the Pac-12 North, 
go to the championship game, try to get to a Rose Bowl. Um, so I, I think the, I, I think in a lot of ways that this, especially with the offense, these first three games were kind of treated a bit like preseason. And we came out 3-0, and which is everything you could want. Um, and then I think things will really get dialed in uh, next week against Oregon for sure. Yeah, and and to your point on the running, uh, the running backs carried the ball 22 times for 165 yards, 7.2 yards a carry basically. Um, yep. That's that's exactly what you want against an inferior team to be able to just you know dominate the run game because really that that was they were overall you know per play I think a little bit more effective when they ran the ball. Uh, you know, obviously they got the big, cause they have big plays in both. Um, so overall they hit, so they were 8.8 yards per attempt passing, but when you factor in the sacks, I think it brings them down to more about round seven. Um, and then overall total, the offense was 7.1 yards of play, um, which, yeah. it, uh, which is good, um, and, and pretty dominant, but the running game played a huge part in that. Um, uh, what about Cam Ward? What, what what were your thoughts on him? You, know, you obviously got to see him up high. You could, we could actually yeah. see a lot of those. We could see a lot of those touchdowns before they were happening. That's why I love sitting up there. Um, so, what, what were your thoughts on Cam overall? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a step forward. I know the second half was <laughs> was not what anybody wants, um, but I think it was a step forward. Uh, he still, you know, as we've as we've noted on the podcast, as we've we've talked about with our fellow authors in Slack, right? I mean, it's, he, he still just seems to be a little slow kind of processing. And what's interesting to me about that is that, you know, when we watched the highlights of him, um, at incarnate word, it was, it was really the opposite. Like the reads were super fast and like he would knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. And he was, you know, the ball was really getting out in a hurry most of the time. And, this just, you know, it's, I don't know if it's, if it's getting up to speed. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure what it is. Um, but you know, it's, it just, for whatever reason, things are just still happening a little too slowly. Um, that things need to happen a little bit faster. I, I will say, you know, as I've said, you know, as I said last week, like th- there's nothing there that makes me think that he can't do it. Right. Like we've seen some bad quarterbacks over the years where you're just like, man, that, yeah, that ain't it. <laughs> like he ain't it. And we watch a lot of bad quarterbacks on other teams where it's like, yeah, he ain't that guy. That ain't it. And I would say with Cam, it's like, okay, has he looked amazing yet for an entire game? No. Uh, but we've had some flashes. Uh, you mentioned that pass to Nakia. That was as near as I could tell. It sure looked like he like essentially diagnosed that at the line and yep. basically checked everybody's routes into different things because he knew exactly where the hole in the defense was going to be. And it was like, cause I mean, it was a get up to the line. He looks and then all of a sudden he starts barking at everybody. He's barking to the receivers on the right. He's barking to the receivers on the left. He takes Watson, moves him to the other side. And then they snap the ball and all of a sudden, you know, so all the outside receivers were just running deep routes. They were just running guys off. And then Watson just slips underneath and he flicks it right there. And it's, you know, whatever it was like a 20 yard gain. And it was, I, I legitimately think it was sort of a, at the line of scrimmage. Okay. Listen, you guys go here, you guys go here, Watson, you do this. And here we go. Cause I, I don't think that was the play that was called. Yeah. And so yeah. that tells me he's, he sort of, I mean, knows what he's doing. 
it's just not quite all come together yet. And so I'm still hopeful that it's going to. Well, and, and I, I think it, you hit on a good point there. I think he is very good at, at, at you know, uh, using his film study, not like, dis, like, like recognizing the play that's happening in front of him. He seems to have made some really good, you know, uh, like hot reads or whatever. They don't seem to call it anymore that, but like he, to, to where he can, he can, if he can, uh, diagnose a play and find that spot right away. Uh, you know, that's good. Yeah. Where, where he's slower, maybe if he has to go through his progressions, that first read is covered. That second read is covered. He's not going as quickly as you want him to. Um, but, but I, I can't remember if it was the same play and a good example of him kind of recognizing what a defense is doing. Uh, I can't remember, uh, if it was that Nikia play or if they, if he passes, he passes someone else for that one. There was a play when Colorado, um, showed like an all-out blitz, and it looked like they were going to uh, bring the house. Like they were, they were, they were in, they were in, uh, they were, they were in. Yeah, a, they were showing a cover, cover zero. They're co- yep, cover, zero cover zero. Cover we zero. Like, Holy shit! They, they're uh, in cover zero. Everyone's impressed. Cover zero. Everyone's impressed. They had everyone in the box. You know, like nine in the box or whatever. And and you're like, holy shit! Are they really doing this? Because we're like. Throw out the strip. Throw out the strip. Throw out the strip. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, and that what? was the play. That was the same play because now I'm remembering this. Yeah, and then, but Cam wasn't fooled. He 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 knows their what they're showing because really Colorado State didn't like who the who the fuck plays cover zero against an, an air raid offense like that's like right. that's insane. That's just asking it, for trouble. Yeah, because even, even if even if they just actually did that like the, the camp's just gonna toss it up to the side and you know who knows what's gonna happen but uh but so he recognizes that they're not going to do they're not bringing six guys they're not you know they're yep. not actually playing cover zero because as soon as the ball snapped everyone bailed all the corners both safeties they bail out and then he just dumps it to nikia and nikia has like an easy 25 yards you know and so yep. that's that 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 that's impressive like to not not be like rattled by that that all out blitz that's coming at you and to recognize that they don't actually do they're not going to do this like they pre- yeah. they probably saw on tape in previous games they like to show cover zero and then they they bail out into 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 their regular defense so that's impressive i feel like he's done that a few times where he's made really good reads at the line he's changed the play so that's good things yeah, just got to be quicker in those reads. Um, hopefully, he's he's getting there. Uh, so I obviously he made some he there. And one thing, Eric Morris's offense so far looks like it has the potential to be amazing. Like there, there's just been there's just been some play design that there. There's definitely some wrinkles you can see that we're in the air raid. Like we we talked about like Ollie coming across and running a wheel route. Uh, and being wide open, like you didn't really see the outside receiver from the other side and come across and run a, 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 a wheel route on the other side of Mike Leach's offense. Like so, yeah. that was that was a, that was a sick play, and, and he was wide open, easy touchdown, easiest touchdown that Cam Ward will ever throw. Like that was that was amazing. Um, it was good to see uh, Ollie and Stribling kind of beat up on on some bad corners. That was nice. Like they got they got their yardage like pretty easily in the first half. Um, so that, those were good things. Um, yeah, like you said, if you just want to go with that, the first like 25 minutes and they 
just got up twenty eight nothing and everything looked like the easiest thing in the world. You know, maybe if they maybe if there's an intensity issue there, there's not going to be an issue against Oregon. Like they're yeah. gonna, they're they're, they're going to be as as t- as intense as they were coming into Wisconsin, and yeah. and and like you know Oregon, uh, definitely a different style of team, but probably not as good of a defense, and you know a very different type of defense and very different type of offense. But yeah, it, um, and we'll talk about them a bit. But also, we got to talk about the defense. Uh, yeah. Really, I we mean, probably should have been talking more about the defense, but now it's like I mean, hold because on, right now, now the offense is what we're worried about. But the, the defense, uh, three point eight yards of play, and honestly, uh, so there was probably about pro- pro- there's a nice little chunk of those yards that were backups playing in the second half. Because after they gave up, after they gave up that touchdown, the um, starters came back in. Um, yes, so that was pretty funny. But if you're looking at uh, other team runs sixty six plays. Can't even get to 250 yards. That that's his that's his dom that's super dominant. That's that's just exactly what you would hope for. Uh, that you know the the could do nothing in the rushing game, or, or you know like not much. You know I think they're in terms of carries decent, but it was just irrelevant. And then just the 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 dominance in the pass rush using blitzes. And most most specifically, a guy who had like never logged a sack in his life uh, before this season, and now has four sacks, including three in this game. Dayon Henley, and I'm currently yeah. looking at a tweet from PFF College that he's the highest graded linebacker in the country. Which whatever that PFF, doesn't surprise but me. yeah, but that doesn't yeah. shock me at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, given but, what we've like, seen. But they, it's amazing they they brought him here, and and Ward worked with him before, but I. It's just that he has used him in a different way in this defense as as a blitzer. And he's really good at it because he's so strong. He can shed he's he's quick. So he can if 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 it's just a free run, like he's getting to the QB. But he also had a couple sacks where he shed a block and got to the quarterback. Yep. So like he's just so fucking good. Like I I just it's it's so fun to watch him play. He's so so good, and and like we said, he's an NFL guy, and he's already getting hyped for that right now. Um, it, it's 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 just we we got we got at least nine more games of him, and and it's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, he is he is absolutely uh, just a gem, right? Like he because he's the total package. We've talked about this before, but he's like an incredible player and he's hilarious. <laughs> like he's got yeah. like all the personality. He reminds me so much of when Minshew came in here. Now it's obviously a little bit different when it's the quarterback, but he's, I mean, he's basically the quarterback of the defense at this point. And he's just, the personality is so huge. Like I love him. I, I absolutely unabashedly love that guy. Um, and just like, I'm having so much fun watching him play. Like he's just, like you said, he's, um, you know, he's so good at getting off blocks. He's so fast. Um, it really is kind of insane that, uh, you know, he's just, he's, he's so inexperienced as, as a linebacker. And I, I imagine NFL scouts are sort of like looking at him going, okay, well, there's always a danger in projecting a linear path, right? Like 
<laughs> you know, the improvements that he made to get to this point might not be the improvements that he makes going forward, but maybe it is. <laughs> like maybe he just keeps getting better and better and better because he hasn't played it for that long. Um, so super fun to watch. The whole defense right now is fun to watch. Um, you know, I felt like. And, it, and know, they the, did this without two starters in this game. Yeah. Uh, without yeah. without Lee at safety and without Travion Brown at, at linebacker, yeah. and that that makes it even more impressive. Just completely dominating the team defensively like that. Yep, uh, there were a couple times where I was kind of missing Travion Brown a little bit. You know, uh, Francisco Maui Goa, um, you know, had some nice plays, but also had some plays where maybe he appeared to be a little bit out of position. Um, and he doesn't quite have the same athleticism that Travion Brown does, so um, <clears throat> definitely. Looking forward to getting him back. And then Jordan Lee, um, you know, Jaden Hicks, you know, seemed to have a nice game at safety. He had a, one big hit, right, that we were sure was going to be an yeah. ejection. Uh, but that, that <laughs> turned out to not be an ejection. Who um, even we knows like, well, at okay, this point? We don't know Nobody anymore. knows. Um, yeah. yeah, so who knows? Um, but anyway, it was just uh, – maybe I'm thinking – I'd actually be thinking of another play. There because it wasn't the one that was reviewed. It was the one where he separated the receiver from the ball. And oh, yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, that, there's there's going to be a review I, and an ejection. I, I've seen and then the, it never came. I've seen the, so. I've seen the replay. He definitely he, it was shoulder to shoulder yes. to ball. Like he he didn't really yes. he didn't um he he didn't totally. hit the helmet to helmet. So nope. But the, but so, this, yeah, the really other one, the other the other one was. Uh, yeah, the other one was whatever. Nobody knows what I targeting. Have, is, I right? I have I've seen I've seen less. Be yes, ejection. Be before. called targeting. Yeah. Um, I've um, also seen so, way worse also be ignored. So whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah. Really fun. Really cool to see him get after it. Um, you know, I did again, didn't see anything that made me think that what they did the first two weeks was a fluke. Uh, pass rush slowed down a little bit in the second half, which I think is to be expected to some degree. Um, I think there was a little bit of, you know, just the fact that, uh, you know, Colorado State was dropping back a lot, right? And then also, you know, just, I mean, the crowd, you know, I mean, some people have been complaining about the crowd. I mean, it was a small crowd to begin with. And then, you know, teams up by four touchdowns at halftime. And, you know, it's like, I mean, it's how, been a, you know, how hyped it, are people it, at that point? I mean, look, we well, were late it, getting back to our seats. Like we missed the field goal. So and we were just yeah. chatting outside the suite. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's a, um, you know, and it's just, uh, it, it's kind of become a tradition. And, and I, and honestly, I'm not even, it's not like a WSU thing. Like, Alabama's been beating the shit out of teams forever, and it is like a tradition for their students to leave at halftime. So, I guarantee though, if it's a close game against Oregon, no students are leaving at halftime. I know they'll stay. Um, so it's, so I, I'm not even ragging on them. Uh, cause it's not even like a, it's not even like a WSU thing. Like, and look at the, look, look at, look at what UCLA had in their stadium. I don't know if you've seen those pictures. Like it, it it's, oh, uh, yeah. it was, it was, uh, not, not impressive. I mean, it looks even worse when it's a, a night, you know, a 95,000 like, seat stadium, whatever the Rose Bowl is right now, but it's a, um, but yeah, it's so it's, you know, attendance is down everywhere, but, I mean, when the students were there, they were bringing it. They were loud. Um, I've been impressed by that. Uh, so U- UCLA attendance was 29,344 in the Rose Bowl. 
Um, that's not good. Uh, no. WSU was about, was about 20, they were 23,611. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I'm not even sure if that was right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, whatever, like the, the crowd will bring it against Oregon. Yep. It'll, yeah, be I'm not fine. too worried about like, it. I'm not, not worried about that. Uh, we got a pre- pretty great atmosphere when, when, when everyone's engaged. Um, so yeah, it, you know, and, and they were really good against Idaho. Like they the crowd was into it against Idaho. And, yeah. and, uh, so it, it should be fun. And, um, you know, they were hyped. You could tell that there was the energy from the Wisconsin win at the start, even yeah. though the crowd wasn't huge. Like you could feel the energy. People were excited. Yep. They were excited about, you know, I think we were all a bit nervous that there was a letdown possibility. And then once they started fast, like, okay. Got pretty loud. I, you know, I was listening. I was watching on the highlights a bit, and they, you know, they, they were pretty loud on defense at the start. So uh, I think that's cool, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a very good atmosphere uh, this weekend. Even despite I just think it was natural. Yeah. yeah, I just think it was natural for them to coming off the Wisconsin matchup and then rolling to that fairly. I, I won't say it was easy, but you know, pretty easy big halftime lead that you know maybe they sort of you know relax just a little bit and that's you know that's okay i don't know like i'm not i can't be mad i'm not gonna be mad about it you know like these are these are actual humans they're not robots and you know if the worst that has happened so far this season is we we had a few too many turnovers against idaho and still won and maybe we cruised a little bit in the second half against colorado state and still won by four touchdowns like uh you know, it's it's four and a half touchdowns. Uh, that's that's a pretty good place to be. That's a pretty good place to be. So I'm not I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. And I know one last thing on the defense. Uh, that defense really lived off uh, fumble luck last year. Uh, and and obviously, I think Jake Dicker would probably argue back against even the idea of fumble luck. But at this <laughs> point in the season. Uh, the fumble luck has not been with us. Now it did, it was with us in one very prominent spot against Wisconsin, which we know about, but there was another spot where it wasn't. And then there was another spot where it was. Um, and then we had four more fumbles, uh, on Saturday of which we only recovered one. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, fumble luck comes and goes, but we are still putting the ball on the ground, which is great. Forcing the ball on the ground on the defense and, you know, continue to do that. And some of those will pop over. I mean, if, if a couple, if one or two more of those fumbles end up in our arms, you know, maybe we're ta- maybe we are talking about a forty-five or fifty-two to, you know, to seven or nothing blowout, you know. So, yeah, I think everything's pointing in the right direction. Yeah, defense uh, still looks awesome. Uh, you know, another big test this weekend, and, and we'll so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about that Oregon game. Uh, we'll talk about soccer. We'll talk about volleyball. All that stuff. Um, but first, uh, let's, let's stretch. Let's listen to an ad because that's fun and we'll take a break. back another another great advertisement once again Woo. um yeah. which is 
not you all don't get the same one. It's like based on the algorithm. Uh, so uh, you might be like, you know, if you're getting some weird, weird uh, uh, ad, you got to kind of look at uh, what your search history. So, um, yeah. Uh, but Jeff, um, <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, like, how weird would the ad be based on your search history? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know, man. Also, we don't we don't kink shame here. So no, no, we, not at weird. All. Maybe there's no such thing as a weird ad. You know? So you know, whatever so you're into, that's man. that's whatever you're into. As long as it doesn't hurt other people, that's that's totally. <laughs> that's that's that that's is the, the line. That's, that's, that is that's that is the, the big threshold. It's the big it's the big caveat there. Um, caveat. Uh, so yeah, Jeff. Um, you know, we didn't actually. Uh, I brought we brought a bunch of beer. We didn't get into a lot of it. We spent a lot of time at bars, yep. uh, so we didn't get into a lot of the beer we brought in a cooler. Um, so I didn't get to have that many beers with you this weekend, actually, outside of a bar. Uh, not not yep. our fancy beers that we like to drink. I uh, didn't nope. even get to open the the celebratory beating Northern Colorado and Colorado yeah. State the same weekend Colorado beer because we were too busy uh, drinking at my office. So, yes. um, but yeah, so. Uh, let me know what you're drinking right now. Well, before I get to what I'm drinking right now, I do have to give a shout out to uh, to the Logans, Brad and Brian Logan, for uh, smuggling some spotted cow back from Wisconsin. Oh, hell yeah. Which uh, I did not have the spotted cow in Wisconsin because I was not in Wisconsin, obviously. And uh, so I got to have some at their tailgate and I was like, okay, like how good can it be? And then I was like, actually, this is a really delicious beer. And now I'm sort of jealous that I can't get my hands on it Um, because that is like a perfect, just like hanging out before a football game beer. It's like, it's like, it's light bodied, but it's got a lot of flavor. Uh, You can sort of crush it. Like I was like, damn, this is. This is really good, and now I'm kind of pissed that I can't get my hands on it. But, um, but yeah, I was glad I got to have it. So that was cool. And I know you drank copious amounts of it in uh, in Wisconsin, as as we talked yes. about last week. So yes, Lots uh, of so for cow. tonight, tonight I decided to go with something uh, decidedly less easy drinking. Um, so this is the Block Fifteen Dab Lab Hop Hash IPA. Um, I haven't had what you know. I was kind of looking for. I was out at Tacoma Boys. Uh, the, uh, uh, yesterday. And I was kind of thinking like, you know, I haven't had, I've been drinking a lot of, um, you know, lighter beers, a lot of lagers, a lot of Pilsners, um, even, you know, hazies, things like that. And I'm like, you know, I haven't had a really good, like hop intense IPA in a long time. So I picked up one of these. Um, this is uh dab lab hop hash. This is how it's described. In addition to Simcoe CO2 extract and Citra hops, Hop Hash features a heady blast of Simcoe Cryo Hops, a cryogenic concentration of resin and oils from whole hop flowers. Together, this pungent hop addition produces an aromatic burst of resinous, piney, and citrusy hop character, complementing subtle grist notes of bread crust and oats. The Dab Lab series focuses on vibrant hop-forward ales that prominently feature hop extractions. So, yes, I can tell you it is definitely... Uh, extremely hop forward, uh, which is fun because I haven't had a beer like that in quite a while. Um, and so I, I like it. So if you're, if people, listeners, if you're into like, you know, the, uh, you know, you're into the 
something that's like mega hoppy, like intense hoppy, like like this. This is your deal. I tried to pick up some fresh hops, but um, people had scooped up almost all the fresh hops there at Tacoma yeah, Boys. Yeah. So, uh, so I was like, oh, there's the stoop that Craig brought brought to Pullman that I didn't have, and then I was like, oh, they're they're all out. So, oh well, there will be more. There'll be more. Yes. Well, it's, it's, yes. it's about that time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's really interesting though, that kind of the, you're, it, it's showcasing some of like the innovations in, in hop, what hop growers have come up with, uh, in the last, you know, decade or so, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the hop, uh, CO2 hop extract, you know, basically like, like it's like a, a, a an oil that they're putting into the, basically into the, uh, um, a hop oil that they're putting into the beer. And then you also have the lupulin powder, which is like a powderized version uh, of a hop. So, um, in addition to whole hop flowers, which is like the most old school version of a hop. So, uh, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a fun, um, uh, thing. And then I think those are usually kind of lighter. They're not really very hazy, right? And so, nope. Um, it's, it's really bit. all There's about a little the, bit to it, but very little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good one there. Um, and so, yeah, we're also, it's, you know, it's fresh hop season. So, uh, I'm, 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 I'm drinking one of the, one of the ones that I brought to Pullman, but we didn't get to. (laughs) Now, Um, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You said yesterday you were definitely not going to drink on the podcast. No, I said the only time I will drink this week (laughs) is on the podcast. Okay. Okay. I miss, I misunderstood. Because I, because I, for a while, because I had an insane run of, Madison, Vegas, <laughs> Pullman, and then Pullman again this weekend. Yeah, uh, but I will have my I will have my children with me this weekend, so that'll that'll uh, kind of tamper down some of the uh, the drinking. So that'll be good. Uh, no, it won't quite quite go as hard as I did this last weekend, where yes. I was dancing at Etsy Bravo till uh, they closed. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, so I, I have one of the ones, you know, I brought some fresh hops. It's fresh hop season. I am a Yakima kid. Uh, so I'm all about fresh hop season. Um, so what I have is a green, green keeper, fresh hop American pale ale from Little Beast Brewing. Uh, Little Beast is out of Oregon. Um, I think it was started, I think I've mentioned this before, started by a former brewer at Logston Farmhouse Ales. Um, so this is described as the quintessential American craft beer. That's, that's, uh, high praise for yourself, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> this is the quintessential American craft beer yes, right we here. We are amazing. Right here in my hand. Uh, an American pale ale made with pale and Munich malts. It's wet hopped with fresh centennial hops. Only an hour from the fields. It's truly homegrown. So, I guarantee that this is made from fresh hops from the Willamette Valley and not the Yakima Valley then, uh, because they would not be able to drive from Yakima to, uh, Portland in an hour. Uh, but they could go from the Willamette Valley, which is a producer of hops, albeit a much less significant percentage of the American hop, uh, crop comes from the Willamette Valley. It's a, got a little bit tougher challenges, uh, because it's a lot, um, more humid there and hops are very susceptible to mildew. Yakima is kind of a perfect place for growing hops, uh, because it's very dry. It's on the right parallel. Pops grow the best, um, around this area 
um, going all around the world in both hemispheres. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Yakima is like kind of a perfect hop place. And until maybe what, what happens is in a lot of the hop growing areas is that eventually, uh, um, kind of, uh, diseases take over, but Yakima, um, is kind of the perfect place right now to grow hops, like in the world, like one of the most perfect places in the world. Uh, but this is Willamette Valley hops and that's okay. We, we like all hops. We just like the Yakima hops better. Um, but this is, yeah, solid. What, what thing I've, I, I think I to- told you, I've told you before, probably said on this podcast, I really like when a fresh hop beer is just fresh hops in a normal style rather than what they call a fresh hop ale. It, a fresh hop ale is where they try to do their best to make sure you taste like you know what a fresh hop tastes like. And right. those can get extremely vegetal, grassy, not not they they will taste like a flower and which you know people like that sometimes people like their lavender and hibiscus but hop flavors could be a little more intense uh and yes. yeah they just get like vegetal grassy like they taste like you're kind of drinking a, a a carrot or something you know it's like not the not the greatest taste and 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 sometimes the brewers kind of go overboard with that and they only use fresh hops and all that stuff but usually like when it when they take I like it when they take a, a pre-existing style like a pale ale, an IPA. Definitely like it when they take like a lager or a Kolsch. Love, I love when they do that. Um, like a fresh hot pilsner. Give me that all day. Uh, but, but this one's very nice. Like it's, it's a very hot forward, obviously pale ale. Um, reminds me of, you know, uh, a bygone era of clearer, like, like in between the, in between the original pale ales that came out in the nine, American pale ales that came out in the nineties. And the hazy pale ales that are dominant now, uh, it's in between there because uh, it's got a very light but not super hazy um, uh, body, and it is just uh, very aromatic. Definitely has that, that fresh hop vibe to it. Um, very tasty, very drinkable. Five percent, crush it. Um, very good job, Little Beast Brewing. I enjoy this, even though I used the Willamette hops instead of the Yakima Valley hops. I forgive you. And I will still drink your beer and enjoy it. So, um, yeah, uh, that's what we're drinking. It's fresh hop season, baby. Just a Woo. constant, constant stretch. It's also it's fest beer and and uh, Oktoberfest season. I'm I lean towards the fest beers because they're nice and light and uh, easy drinking. I do like a Marzen, but but those fest beers are real tasty. I had a Rubens fest beer to to start the start the podcast. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, given all that, we, I you know I was drinking my Oregon beer. I usually don't do that. I, I guess I wasn't thinking. I was kind of excited about the fresh hops. Let's, let's go right into the Oregon <laughs> preview right now. Yeah, if mine's from lose... Oregon too, but it's from oh, it's from Corvallis. So I guess oh fuck that's well better? yeah there you I go. Don't know. I think that is better. I think that like does that count? Does that counts, I mean, I guess. yeah. Uh, mine is from Clackamas, which is just uh, uh most known for me for the the mall. There's the, the Clackamas Mall, I think is what I know most about Yakima, or, uh, about Clackamas. Um, so no Eugene. We're not, we're not drinking uh, any Eugene beers here. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Oregon, uh, they're pretty good, uh, as long as they're not playing Georgia, but I don't think many teams will be good when they play Georgia. Uh, so. Uh, that's not, not, not too much of a, of a, 
of a knock against any team at this point. <laughs> um, uh, so they've, after that Georgia game, they absolutely crushed Eastern Washington 70 to 14, um, which, you know, uh, Eastern has given a lot of FBS teams good games in recent, recent history. Uh, not so much that one. And then destroyed BYU as well, 41 to 20. So they've really come back from that Georgia game, showing they are a pretty solid, very good team, probably very deserving of their 15th ranking. Um, but yeah, uh, so far, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. We, we, when you read their aggregate stats, it has that, that Georgia game has such an influence. Um, uh, so you're kind of like, what? You know, yeah, they're giving up 6.3 yards a care, a play on defense. Um, they're, they're getting six, uh, 6.15 on offense. So they kind of look like an average team because of that, that lopsided game against Georgia. But, um, yep. kind of what, what, what are you thinking of them so far? I, you know, I, you know, the, the, the last two wins have been pretty impressive, uh, against an FCS and against a BYU team. And and that has you thinking like this is gonna be a pretty tough matchup. They, they they have a pretty solid team overall. Yeah, I think that actually looking at the result against BYU is reasonably instructive because I think we're actually kind of similar stylistically uh, to them. You know, they're a defense forward team. They like to be physical. I mean, we saw them up close last season, obviously. Um, so for them to go into Eugene and and really just kind of get pounded. Um, was surprising, and I think, like I said, maybe maybe a little bit instructive. Um, they they could not run the ball at all against Oregon. It was they they had sixty five sack adjusted rushing yards for two point eight yards per attempt. Um, so that to me is is sort of the first thing that kind of gets my um you know raise my eyebrow just a little bit because honestly, I watch them against Georgia, didn't see them at all against Eastern. Uh, watched very little of the game again, you know, the BYU game on Saturday because we were tailgating. And then by the time we got into the suite and looked at the TV, Oregon was already up a whole bunch uh, in the third quarter. And we were like, whoa, whoa, that's surprising. Um, so I'm just kind of going off looking at the stats. And like I said, that's kind of the first thing that jumps out to me is that BYU really had no success um, running the ball. And I know that that's, um, you know, something important for us. And then uh, you know, the other, the other side is that Oregon got back to doing what they, uh, what they had done, you know, or, or aimed to do while they were under Cristobal, which is, you know, the exact flip side of that, you know, they had 44 rushes, um, their sack adjusted rushing yards was, uh, 212. Oh, and BYU had zero sacks. Um, the Oregon had 212 rushing yards, 4.8 yards per attempt. I mean, not super explosive, but, um, certainly, um, you know, not terrible. They did have one minus 22 yard play for one of their rushers. So they're rushing. I am not sure who, uh, seven McGee is, but he lost 22 yards. Yes. So I'm not sure exactly what that was. Um, I'm trying to read. Okay. The play was seven McGee rushed to the right for a loss of 22 yards. McGee seven fumbled at Oregon 31 recovered by Oregon Irving Marquise at the Oregon nine. So that's what happened. He fumbled. Um, and then the ball and went backwards, around, and, right? And then all of that was counted against him. So if we remove that, they had 43 rushes for 234 yards. Um, and that's well over five yards of carry. So, 
Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of success running the ball against uh, against BYU. So going to be another big test for us up front in that way. If we can hold the line defensively, Bo Nix, uh, you know, I think rightfully gets a lot of um, you know, gets a lot of criticism. You know, the Oregon or the Auburn transfer who uh, was pretty <laughs> really bad against Georgia. Um, he only attempted 18 passes in this game, uh, although they were for 222 yards. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so pretty good, um, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, so you know, I think the key there is again, you know, like most things. I mean, if if a team's running the ball successfully 44 times, you're, you're probably going to get hit over the top with uh, the athletes that Oregon has. So yeah, defense going to need to step up, uh, do what it's been doing, uh, and we'll see. You know, we'll see if this is this is a really good test. I mean, obviously, Wisconsin was a great test and we passed that one. So, um, you know, if we can do that here and force Bo Nix to beat us, kind of the same formula as Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, I love our chances. Um, you know, I really yeah, love our chances. I was... BYU had a good had success throwing the ball. A lot of it was late when uh, the game was already out of reach. But, you know, they were able to throw the ball a bit. So. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing in, in regards of kind of how they'll approach what how I assume they'll approach this game. Um they're they're definitely going to focus on uh shutting down the run, putting them in long down and distances, making Bo Nix make plays. Bo Nix a little bit mobile, you know, that Kook fans that always uh you know uh scares the hell out of you, but um you know, he is a little bit mobile um and he uh yeah, it, Oregon's going to run the ball more than they pass it though. No doubt about that. Um and they they have some good uh running backs um uh primarily uh you know they use a couple guys a lot like actually a lot like they they have uh Marquis Irving 27 carries Noah Whittington 24 Sean Dollars 14 Bo Nix has 20 there's obviously some sacks in there um but you have got a couple guys with 11 11 and 13 so they they don't really have like one Workhorse, but they they definitely have uh uh they definitely run the ball a lot. Um, no one averages more than ten carries a game, um, but I so expect to see them mix it up. Uh, much like Wisconsin, you know, you'll see a lot of different running backs. Um, so that that'll be interesting. It is co- encouraging to me that they they weren't like super explosive. Consi- well, I guess if you take that twenty-two yard one out, they maybe they. They were a little bit more explosive, but um, but it, it, they're five yards an attempt on over the course of the year. Uh, that but if WSU they were able to they were able to hold down one of the most explosive running backs in the country. Um, if they could have that same success in limiting big plays in the running game, and then also getting some of those no gains, uh, getting some of those lost plays, so they can get our Oregon off schedule. Um, you could, you, I could see a similar performance as what happened against Wisconsin. Now there may be more points because Oregon does, will not play as slow and no one will play as slow as Wisconsin. Um, yes. so that you won't have, you'll have more possessions. So like giving, giving up 21, 24 to Oregon may feel a lot like maybe more similar to giving up 14 to Wisconsin, you know? Um, but, but still I, I could, I could see the defense holding their own here. Um, and then when it comes to the offense, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've performed well against, like you said, they performed well against the run. Um, the passing, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. They've, they've, they, 
I mean, they played Georgia, which I don't, you don't even know. And then, and then they played, they just beat the heck out of two teams. So that may have been just throwing the ball a bunch to try to catch back up. So it's, uh, it, it's a, because they have teams against them have thrown the ball 101 times versus run 77. That's not even adjusted for sacks. Um, so, uh, you know, th- there's definitely a strong preference towards throwing the ball, uh, so against them so far. Um, which probably has a lot to do with them being up by so much in, in the first, in the last two games. Um, so, so it's kind of hard to read. You know, some of the stuff is kind of hard to read. And um, I've kind of given up on using any sort of advanced stats this early in the season because um, yep. they just uh, they're not super predictive at this point. Um, one interesting point is uh, there has like the the opponents have not returned to punt against Oregon yet. That's not saying Oregon has not punted, but the opponents have not returned a punt. Oregon has punted seven times, but apparently they've all been fair catches or downed or something. So that's kind of a, kind of an interesting quirk, I would say. That is uh, a weird quirk. So, so, so if you see uh, WSU return a punt, which they probably won't do, honestly, uh, like they'll probably fair catch it, but. If you see Tennessee return a punt, just know it's the first time in the fourth game will happen in the fourth game that Oregon has a, a, a like a punt return has happened against Oregon this season. So, um, pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, I can kind of tell that they're only at 37 yards of punt. So I'm guessing there's punting short, causing fair catches, things like that. That um, would make sense. Yeah. But so they, uh, you know, they haven't, um, but you know, it's, it's just, it, it it seems like you know, given at home, you know, the, I think that the spread is six and a half. Is that right? Or start, it opened at yes, six and a half. That is correct. Somewhere around yep, there. That's correct. So Vegas definitely uh, kind of big, heavily favors Oregon here, if especially considering a six and a half point favorite on the road. Um, so that's interesting. I, I I don't know if like maybe that the 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 Idaho game is still playing a huge factor in in like the way w, you know Vegas is kind of ranking WSU and all that. But I I don't know how you can't come into this with, with some positivity given what WSU did against uh, uh, Wisconsin, uh, another very good team. Um, and, and that was on the road. So uh, given that, Jeff, uh, we didn't do this last week. Um, <laughs> uh, probably would have not predicted 31 point win. I probably would have been more around 21 or so, but. Yeah, um, so, 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 so that was good. And, um, but, uh, given that, um, all, all this we've talked about, uh, kind of where, where are you at on the score for this game? Yeah, I think our defense is going to come to play. I think, it, I think the fact that the game is at home is a big difference. I'd feel pretty different. I think if this was in Eugene, but it's not Oregon's got to come to our place. We have played really well against Oregon, uh, over the last, you know, really decade. Um, no matter who, what, what team Oregon has brought in, um, outside of maybe, uh, you know, the, the 2020 season when, you know, nobody was there. Um, other than that, you know, we've played Oregon super tough and won, you know, more than multiple game, multiple of those games. So, um, I love our chances to at the very least cover. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say, we're going to win. I'm going to go, I'm going to call this a 27-24 outright win for the Cougs in this one. I think the defensive line does its dominating thing again. 
The crowd is going to be super hyped. Um, and Oregon's going to have a tough time running the ball. I think Bo Nix uh, makes a couple of terrible interceptions. And the offense is opportunistic and does just enough. I think Dean Janikowski hits a couple of field goals, including one in the final few minutes to provide the final margin. How's that for specificity, Craig? Uh, very good, very good. Also, that's why I hate going second sometimes because you stole my score. <laughs> um, yeah, sure I did. So, sure I did, Craig. So, so let me let me let me come up with my own different narrative here um let's just say that the defense is just even better than that you know they just uh they they uh they shut down the run henley and 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 jackson and stone are up in nix's face uh they get they get a nice you know three or four sacks um just even though he has only like 20 pass times they're just like destroying him because they're all in these obvious passing downs and he's getting murdered so yeah let's say they only give up 17 to oregon but our offense maybe is still struggling a bit. Oregon's defense is pretty solid. But, yeah, still, I'm going three-point margin for WSU. Um, uh, no, let me go four. Let's go 21-17 <laughs> WSU. Uh, three Ooh, touchdowns. 17. Three touchdowns. I'm going to go WSU kind of takes like a 21-10 lead at some point, and we just hang on for dear fucking life at the end, and we got to rely on a defensive stop at the end to win. And we get it, and the crowd goes absolutely fucking nuts, and it's super loud, and it'll be amazing. And Jeff will be like, "Why did I go to Colorado Station with Oregon? What the hell was I thinking?" Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, uh, and my my kids will be just, just losing their minds. It'll, they'll they'll be ha- so happy uh, because Daddy's happy. Uh, so yeah, let's go, both of us pick it to win. So no idiot gifts. I mean, you can send us an idiot if we pick it wrong and they lose, but what what fun is that? You know, I don't know. I or I guess they could send it if uh, if we end up winning by more than just you know, more than just like one score. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if WCS yeah. comes out and rolls them, yeah, I'd be like you idiots. Like, come on, this wasn't close to begin with. So feel free. Uh, all right, so uh, I think we're both feeling pretty good. Um, definitely have some bias, of course, but I don't know. Like, I, this just feels like. I'm definitely like willing this. I want this to happen so good because I just want the vibes to keep rolling into homecoming with a, you know, to be four and zero and ranked for homecoming. Uh, that would just be a sick atmosphere, you know, like all those drunk alums coming back, just so excited, you know, getting their one game a year in and just having the time of their lives. Um, so let, let's go do that, Cougs. Go, 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 go get that win. Um, but Hell yeah. So so. We'll transition a bit. Football. Now let's let's talk about the other kind of football. Uh, our our uh, Washington State soccer team, who has just been rolling as of late, uh, had a great weekend. Um, just absolutely obliterating Northern Colorado um, on Thursday, and then coming back on Sunday and going on the road to St. Mary's and getting the W two. Um, and yeah, that puts them at six consecutive wins rolling into Pac-12 play. Um, they've seemed to have figured out a bit how to finish. Yeah. I think that's what's sort of most encouraging to me. It's not so much that, um, that they're putting balls in the back of the net finally, because I think when you take enough shots, you know, eventually that's going to normalize, right? And regress a little bit. 
Um, so, you know, they're taking plenty of shots. Eventually some of them were going to start to go in. It's to me, it's more, they, they seem to be hitting their stride quality wise. Um, the two goals that they scored to beat St. Mary's, uh, yesterday were both really quality goals. Uh, on the first one, Lily Boyden, who, uh, you know, I think we've talked about before. She was the jewel of the last recruiting class, true freshman, and she is playing, more and more and more minutes up front. And you see why, like her speed and her skill are just like off the charts. She is really, really good. Um, and she's just a true freshman. She, you know, basically took, took the ball all the way to the end line, uh, and hit, uh, you know, hit just an inch perfect cross, just a tasty little, you know, cross. That's like, Ooh, if somebody's there, um, and sure enough, somebody was there and they headed it back across goal, just like you draw it up, right? Like you're, you're taught to head it back across goal. Cause the keeper naturally is going to be moving with the ball. You head it back across goal, uh, ball goes into the side net, one, nothing, just truly beautiful goal. And then the second goal, uh, Margie Detrizio, who cannot stop scoring, uh, you know, picks up the ball again near, near the end line and dribbles in between two defenders. Cause, uh, you know, she's, she's really good at creating space with the ball in, in, in tight spaces, uh, but also very strong. And so she used both her physical strength and her ability to kind of get the ball through some traffic and, uh, and then, you know, found some space and hit the ball past the keeper. So, um, again, just both of them really high quality goals. And that's the kind of stuff you're going to need, you know, in, in Pac 12 play when you're talking about, you know, playing against some of the better teams in the country in this conference. Um, because you're not going to get the same volume of shots that you've been getting right now. Um, you're good. It's that's going to go down and you're going to have to be, you know, pretty clinical at times. And the, the clinical goals are going up. Um, that's how you end up with, you know, six, nothing, uh, is because, you know, when you're taking as many shots as they've been taking and you figure, okay, the numbers are just going to start to come around. Maybe you count on three, maybe four goals that way. You end up with six because they had two or three goals that were just, you know, fairly clinical. And then again, against St. Mary's, the two goals were really, really well worked goals. So, yeah, I think they are in absolutely a great spot heading into Pac-12 play. They are rolling um, two clean sheets in a row, which is great because the defense had kind of been leaking these, you know, pretty awful goals. Um, there's, there's really nothing to complain about. They are, they are ready. They are rolling, and there's no reason to think they're not gonna. Um, you know, push toward the top of the table again in the Pac-12. So yeah, they they start. Um, so I'm, I'm pulling up the schedule, but I believe they start against Oregon State on yep. the 25th. Uh, I think they only have one match next week, if I if, if I uh, remember right. Um, and uh, or maybe it was just one home match, or, or not home, but um, just one. Uh, yeah, I I want to say. I mean, I'm pulling it up. I was looking at it today. <laughs> I, I will say so. What, one, one, uh, um, I, Margaret Detrizio is definitely building a reputation because, uh, I think it must have been the St. Mary's, um, announcers on the highlights. And they basically just, when, when Margie made that play that you described, uh, they, they were just like, she's inevitable. Basically, she's, she's just like, you're just not gonna, you can, you're not gonna stop her. Like, it, and yeah, like yeah. it's, she's, she's just getting better and better. Uh, so yeah, they only have one this week to, on Friday, uh, the 23rd. 
Um, and then 29th next week, Colorado. They have, they have two games, uh, next week. But so, so yeah, Oregon State on Friday, Oregon State. I can't, I could not tell you what they're, what they're up to, honestly. Like, I, you can wait for the page to load, I guess. I don't, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, it'd be good to see them, you know, start off quickly. I think, I think, um, yeah, it just seems they're definitely, there, 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 there's no, there's no reason to think they're one of the top teams in the conference. Oregon State's four, two, and two currently. Uh, so, uh, they've, uh, nothing too impressive on their schedule. They got absolutely whipped by Virginia. Um, so yeah, uh, that, so that's on the road. Acrovallis could end up being a huge win. Nice. Maybe we'll, we'll see how good, uh, um, Oregon State is, but uh, if if they're not, then you definitely need to win this. <laughs> if they are, it's, it makes it even bigger. So, um, so soccer, um, uh, at volleyball, however, did uh, not have uh, quite the successful weekend. They probably play definitely had their played their three of the best teams they've played all year, and came out out of it with uh, with some with some losses. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing. No yeah. wins. Uh, yeah. They didn't get steamrolled, though. So, I mean, I guess that's not bad, I guess. I don't know. Like, they were, they had a chance against their last game against Minnesota. And Minnesota's a, I think they're ranked number six. Um, and it was at Minnesota. So that's even harder, right? Um, yeah. You know, they dropped the first two sets, took the third one. Fourth one was reasonably close. And then they, they lost that one. So. Um, yeah, sorry. They know, lost to Pepperdine. They played three. They they, yep. they played. They lost to Pepperdine, and um, Pepperdine looks. Pepperdine beat Minnesota this weekend too. Yep. They they look like they're pretty dang good, and they and lost. That, was, that in was a tough five one. Sets, I think, in five sets, and they were up two sets to one at one point. Yep. So, yep. Um, tough, tough. Positive weekend. signs. No wins, but positive signs. I think. Um, doesn't get any easier this weekend. Nope. They're <laughs> traveling. Traveling to UW on Wednesday and then to USC on Saturday. UW is ranked in the top twenty. Um, always a good battle. Uh, they have they've had some pretty epic battles in recent years with UW. Um, so that's going to be at six, and that's actually on the Pac-12 Network. So that's actually on TV, uh, all the Pac-12 networks. So uh, if you are one of the few, the lucky people who have Pac-12 Network, you can watch it. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we already mentioned uh, Dan Henley is a Pac-12 Player of the Week. That was cool. Um, uh, looking forward to to starting Pac-12 play in a lot of different, you know, in all the sports here. Um, very cool. This is when the the season really kicks into gear, and it'll be over before we know it, which is always a bummer. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm excited. For this weekend, we're on Big Fox again for the football team. Um, there's so many positive vibes coming from the start of the season, especially after the Idaho game, which weren't exactly the most positive vibes. But, you know, as as we said after the Idaho game, they've lost these FCF, FCS games before and had really good seasons. So uh, they didn't lose this one. And and if, if they knock off Oregon, they're well on their way to another really good season. Um, and... Uh, God damn it! They better be ranked if they do that. Uh, but 
But yeah, um, if if you uh, you like what you hear and you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. Um, rate us five stars if you can. Leave a comment. Tell us how nice we are if you can. Um, and then uh, um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. That's kind of my most active social. I have posted a lot of WSU stuff, especially from Wisconsin, on my Instagram at uh, Craig W Powers. My um, just like reel of when we when we did jump around has kind of uh, blown up a little bit on on Instagram. I've got about uh, twenty five hundred views on that. So if you want to contribute to that total, it makes me feel good about myself. So um, so yeah. Uh, oh, about 2,600 views at this point of just a, a video of myself and Brian and Emma and Katie and Amanda and Marnie and Corey and Rochelle and everyone just jumping up and down uh, at Wisconsin while we had the lead. That was great times. Um, Jeff, you can find on Twitter at pod free s everyone pod versus everyone. Um, you can uh, write us an email. Let me let me check that email real quick. You know, I'm very professional here. Um, uh, uh, we did have um, uh, what, what time we got, Jeff? Do we got time to answer a question? Sure, sure. For the people that thought this was over and, and turned it off, haha, but, fooled you. Uh, Jesse, Jesse sent us a question this week, and you should too. And maybe I'll be better and we'll answer it earlier. But Jesse asks haven't heard much talk about the fact that having tight ends on the field for the first time in a decade can help maybe it's helping our young ol to protect cameron ward yes <laughs> is, luke, was that yes question mark and 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 then he said luke falk might have appreciated something like that go Cougs beat the ducks um i'm gonna say uh well luke falk had some pretty damn good uh <laughs> offensive lines in front of him yes and probably um, some of those sacks were on him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say, you know, yeah, sure. A tight end, um, on the field helps block sometimes that they don't, they do use them. They're not, they're not always in there. Um, they're on passing and they're in the, and they're in the, yeah, yeah, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're in the pattern. And it's just like the running backs are usually in the pattern. Like there's usually in an air raid, it is kind of a fundamental principle that you have as many guys in the pattern as possible. Yeah, that's um, how you create space. So, so, so there's, it's it's the the tight end is not helping that much protect the no passer. I'll say that. No, but um, it, I I do think it's probably helping in the running game some. Uh, yeah, you know, from what I've seen there, you know, Stephen Ayers wrote uh, wrote a little bit of a story right a couple weeks here. I don't know back in fall camp about. Uh, offensive line and the schemes that we've done under, you know, Mike Leach versus now. And, um, what they're running right now is what we would call a gap scheme. In other words, they are, you know, trying to attack a particular gap. Tight ends are part of that, um, instead of a zone scheme where it's like, you know, you're just kind of running to an area and then finding the crease. Um, so the tight ends are definitely part of, you know, helping, um, the blocking up front of those gap schemes. I think it, I think it makes a difference in, in the way they're running. Um, haven't been used a ton in the passing game yet. Uh, you know, tough to know exactly why that is. Uh, obviously Revere had, uh, had a really nice catch against Wisconsin. Andre Dollar got a bunch of snaps. Uh, so he was the four-star recruit that we signed, 
uh, you know, flipped from Oregon last year, right? Um, he saw his first action on Saturday. Uh, didn't catch a ball, but played quite a bit, as near as I could tell. So, yeah, I, I think it's cool. Like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I think uh, in a state like Washington, sure seems like, uh, you know, six foot four, six foot five, athletic, big kids. Um, you know, you should be able to find some of those guys. So, I'm down with it. I like it. I don't think it's anything, you know, super special yet, but, you know, I think it seems, on the whole, seems to be a net positive. Yeah, and like like you said, uh, the run game definitely can have benefits. And then, yeah, just a different type of body uh, out there. And um, maybe maybe a, a bit, because you don't use it so much, it's, it's a bit... You can you can have those those big plays. They definitely you know yeah uh, they had they could have they've had some chances to to hit the tight end a few times for some nice plays and you know Cam just hasn't always delivered. But yeah, they're generally in the pass pattern. Um, that like they generally will not have extra like you know max protect or anything for um uh that's not really the tight end is here is in the offense for um. But yeah, I you know it's a good question. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how um, you know we we've talked at length about uh, Luke Falk's issues with sacks and how much <laughs> that was or was not on um, the uh, offensive line, and we may have talked of it at length privately this even this past weekend. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just I think the. You know the biggest proof you 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 need is uh, how many sacks there were in the two years after um, Luke Falk uh, left WSU, um, but and, and even the the same year when when Tyler Hillenski was playing and not taking so many sacks. Uh, but yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. The just to sum it up, tight end not really. Not really helping with pass pro, helping with helping with uh, run blocking though, and that is cool. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, uh, so thank you, Jesse, for sending that question in. Um, you can also send your questions in at podcast versus everyone. That's a vs podcast vs everyone at gmail dot com. Um, we love your questions. Uh, we would love to just make it a segment in the, in the, um, every show, but we, uh, we don't get enough to do that. We do get a lot when we ask on Twitter. So apparently you guys just like asking questions on Twitter and not in our email. Um, so that, but we usually do that when we're like, uh, we don't have much to talk about today. So let's, let's, let's just, let's just ask questions on Twitter. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So, um, again, um, if you've listened, through this still like like we kind of gave the head fake like we were gonna end the 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 podcast and we just kept going uh but uh you know give us a subscribe all that all that good stuff um but yeah jeff uh with all that um hopefully we have another great football weekend and great soccer and volleyball weekends and, and go kooks go kooks craig black lives matter black lives matter and get that new booster Boosting it up.